Hello and welcome everyone to the Key to Licensing One Simple Idea, simplifying licensing for inventors, product developers, and idea people. If you are here looking to learn about how to get your product to market through the route of licensing, you are in the right place. Stay tuned and make sure to join the others who are on their licensing journey. Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight podcast. I'm your host, Sylvia Pomazak, and today we have an alumni student of ours, Aaron. Uh, help me with your last name, Orozco. Orozco, yeah, perfect. Orozco. I did it. I got the name. That's awesome. A All right. Plus. Thank you. So, Aaron is a former student of InventRight. He was coached by one of our coaches, Ryan Diaz, and he has licensed two products, one of which is already out on the market, which he will talk about. So thank you for joining us today. Well, joining me. And um, I am looking forward to talking to you about your journey through this exciting time of licensing your products. So what ended up bringing you to InventRight? Give us a little bit of like the backstory of how you found us and what led you to starting this journey with us keep the first part short so i started watching shark tank i was like i could venture this myself uh not realizing how expensive it is the manufacturing importing marketing so you had an idea or a product mm -hmm. you were watching shark tank did you have this product idea before you found shark tank or after yes uh, before before and what industry was the product in? It was a kid's product. It's a stuffed animal, pretty much just a okay. four in one type of thing. Okay. So you had a kid's product and you decided you watched Shark Tank and you're like, I can totally do this. Yep. And then I found out, nope, it's a lot harder than you think. What was uh, the hard part? So you, did you actually start to venture the kid's toy? Yeah, I got it manufactured. I got it okay. imported. There's just so many fees that you have to think of that you don't even know about. Yeah. It's just so many things and you just end up running out of money because it just comes out of nowhere. Are you comfortable with saying how much money you ended up spending for trying to venture the product? Sure. It was around like 15K. All right. So I'm you like spent just to start. I didn't need a mold. Yeah. Because it was a stuffed animal fabric product. Okay. So that was nice. All right. So you ended up doing that. And then did you end up starting, like trying to sell it and starting to sell it? Yeah, I would go to swap mates, sold it online on Amazon. Uh, just long days. <laughs> yes. So uh, I venture to guess it just wasn't, it wasn't something that you were, was working out the way that you had expected to or planned out in your mind. No, and then at one point I realized, like, even if I'm making profit, I'm always going to have to reinvest that back into the business. So it's never really going to be any cash for me until it's like a few years down the line when I'm, if it ever gets successful. Right. So that clicked at one point. And then that's just for one product. So exactly. that you're kind of spinning your wheels on to try and get to market so that you get to a point where you can be successful, but ultimately, it's hard to do that with just a one skew one product company. So then it would have to be developing other products to bring into the mm -hmm. business. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. 
So that kind of happened. And then, and then what? Then I decided I had been watching Steven and Andrew for like a year or two, probably. So I decided I'm going to try the licenses. And of course, I'm like, I can do this by myself. Of course. <laughs> of course that is, that is, that is exactly what everyone thinks. I've been watching Andrew and Steven for years now. I've read all of their books. I can do this by myself. I mean, and that's, there, there's definitely, so there's pluses and minuses to that. I think that the fact that somebody feels that confident from our content and my, our material and like gives, and that just alone gives them like that feeling of empowerment to be like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go and I'm just going to, I'm going to do this on my own. Um, and, and, you know, see how it works out. Um, I think that's a good thing. But then on the flip side, once you're missing all the pieces of the little niche minor details that go mm -hmm. in between the process and then but and then also when you're alone through it when you're going through it alone then it's just like oh i don't know if i want to do this by myself <laughs> yeah. so so that's awesome so you watched us for a while which is very you know common for a lot of people just being our fans and we love our fans um, and then you decided to join the program after a year or how long then did you try and start licensing the product yourself? I actually got into a few doors, but once you're in, mm -hmm. like, when you're talking to these companies, like they dragged me along for six months and I was just like, I didn't, if I had known the process, I probably could have connected the chain and done everything. And then right would have told me to like they do now. Yeah. And I probably could have landed that deal if I had someone like Ryan helping me, but yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. And yes, was and I this, joined... Go ahead. And was this on, still on your first product idea, the kid's toy? Yes, the kid's toy. So you were taking the kid's toy and you decided that you try, wanted to try and license it. So in mm -hmm. that, at that point, um, you started following the process and then pitching the product to companies. And you did get some initial interest with them, but it kind of never really got through. Yeah, they invited me to their showroom in LA and I showed it to the president. They all liked it. But long story short, their company, just, it was a small company. They just blew up that year because they had a super hit a product. Okay. And I just fell off. Was, oh my gosh. It happens. It's all good. Yeah, it happens. That's right. Okay. So then you decided after that experience, you decided to join the InventRight, the coaching program. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, after that experience, I pivoted the dog toys. Yeah. So I created a bunch of them and that's when I joined InventRight because oh, okay. I got more interest. Yeah. Okay. So you went from the kids toy to creating dog toys. Now, yes. as far as like your background, is this just something that you always were doing? So were you always just kind of a creative person or was it, what kind of sparked this interest in trying to get a product to market or trying to venture or license or just come up with these ideas? I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I just knew I didn't want to be at a nine to five job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very That's common. Basically what, and I knew I could come up with some ideas and I was like, I'm going to try it. Why okay. Not? Okay. Very cool. 
So you started the InventRight program and your new category was the pet product industry. Yes. Okay. And when you started working with us, you were assigned to your coach and your coach is Ryan Diaz. And that's when Ryan saved me up. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about that. How was that experience and working with Ryan? Um, and also, so when you say Ryan saved you, tell, tell us a little bit more about that. You whipped me into shape real quick. I would always write emails. They would be longer than they need to. I would use, always use smiley faces, exclamation marks. I would put emojis sometimes. Like, I realized you need to be way more professional, at least in the initial, initial contact email. Yes. After, after that, you can match them if they're using exclamation marks like they do in the pet industry sometimes, uh -huh. but most people don't. Okay. <laughs> I cringe when I look back at my emails sometimes. I'm like, ugh. So these were, you took a look at the emails, the approach that you were taking with potential licensees. So is that what you're referring to when you started initial outreach with companies, like looking back at the emails that you would send and before invent right yeah before invent right like thinking in your mind like this is just what i'm gonna this is how i'm gonna send something this is how i think it should be in my mind and that's what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna put a bunch of emojis and all this <laughs> random stuff on there and so ryan takes a look at this and like what does he say so and for those of you I know, we, we're all missing Ryan on this call. Uh, we'll get him on at some point <laughs> on, a, on a, one of our podcasts again, because Ryan is very, um, he has a very specific like personality style. So like, what did he say to you? Did he beat you? He's, yeah, he's very blunt, <laughs> which I appreciate it so much. Like, I don't like people who sugarcoat stuff and sugarcoat. And he was just very straightforward and like, hey, dude. Yeah. Not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> listen. Exact wordings, but he, uh, Did he I swear? Tell me if he swore. <laughs> he he swear told me I'm so bit? stupid and I started crying. <laughs> nah, oh my God. Just kidding. No, he was very professional and great about it. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Ryan is an incredible coach. He, um, yeah, he is. is extremely direct. Um, and he's going to be very, he's just going to tell you how it is. Um, you know, and for, he does it for the benefit of all of his students everyone obviously has different personalities and might take it a little bit differently but um but it is so important to know that it's not anything against like you as a person right mm -hmm. it's just part of the business and part of the process and part of understanding like okay you're not going to do that anymore with your emails and your approach you're not going to say this on an email you're not going to do this on an email. You're not going to do this on a phone call. You know, you're mm -hmm. not going to say these things. And so really helping you through that process because the way that, and we don't necessarily talk about this a lot, but communication styles, the way that individuals communicate both verbally on a phone call or written in an email does have and make does make an impression and have an impact to the individual that is going to be on the other side of it receiving it and mm -hmm. so you know starting off with being professional but then as you get to know your potential licensee and they if they were to send you an email back with emoji that gives you permission and be able to feel like oh okay they're doing this 
So that shows me I can also, you know, respond in a certain way. Um, and that's after building that relationship, you know, so always kind of keeping things professional, but Ryan's just an incredible and just an amazing coach. And so I'm glad that you had the experience of working with him. What are some other things you feel like he helped you with through the process? So you were working on the pet products and you, he helped you with the approach of like how to communicate with companies. Were there any other things as you're going through this that really stuck with you as far as things that you needed to start changing and for before starting to pitch to companies or as you were pitching to companies? So I did end up calling Ryan when we started talking about the royalty rate. And there was a little miscommunication between me and the company because I mentioned in the term sheet I wanted 5%. And they came back with a specific dollar amount, which didn't equal to 5%. So I had a little mini meltdown. And Ryan uh, talked me through it, talked me down basically said just take it because it's still a great deal and in the end it was fine because it's exactly the royalty rate I wanted I'm not sure how that miscommunication happened I don't know if they were basing it off of the different wholesale price yeah that's why it's great to have a coach with you who knows what they're doing who's been through it before who can help you in these situations to just push through it was just every time I had an email I could go straight to him and ask him how I should reply okay and like the one thing that was great was, um, I guess we're jumping forward a little bit on my second product. I didn't know you could just ask the company to invite you to a trade show because they wanted to meet me at the trade show. And I was like, what do I do? I'm not going to be there. He's like, just ask him. And I did. And like a few minutes later, they're like, yeah, we'll put you on the list. And I'm like, what? I would have never thought of that. Yes. Little uh, secrets, uh, secrets and golden nuggets that you end up learning about as you're going through the experience. So you ended up licensing the, is it, was it the first pet product that you were working on? No, I didn't even, it was my, my fifth toy product and it was about my 11th product overall. Okay. so what were your thoughts on that? Were you, you had to kind of get to that point where you're pitching either a lot of ideas or it, your first one didn't ha- didn't get licensed, but then kind of moving up to and getting up to that point where you had interest on a different idea. Were you getting frustrated or what were your thoughts as you were going through that and experiencing like, hey, I'm, I'm pitching a lot of ideas here. I have a lot of products, but it's, you know, it's the fifth one or sixth one or 10th one that finally got interest. I had it stuck in my head that it's a numbers game, like Steven would always say and yeah. would always say. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do all these products that I have and I'm just going to pitch them since I'm already in and I have the contacts. Yes. Might as well. And did you at that point decide to stay and focus on products in the pet industry? Yeah, solely in pet. Okay. And are you still doing that right now? Yes. Okay. Do you plan on, or do you think that you might venture out into different industries or still continue to stay in the same one? I'm going to definitely start working on the kids products that I started with, but I realized I need to get like a way better marketing material. Okay. Because it's very competitive over there. 
Yeah. Where, so I know in the program, we do have a design studio. Were you using the design studio to get virtual prototypes created for your products and like sell sheets done? Yeah, only, I was only using design studio before Inventor. I had a bad experience on, I think it was Upwork or something. Yes. And it was just bad. And then once Inventrite Design Studio came along, I was like, dude, Kevin, I think his name is from Design uh -huh. Studio, and Felix, they just do amazing work. Yeah. Yes. No, it, that's the hard part. So when you're trying to find like a designer on freelance websites, whether it be Fiverr or Upwork, sometimes you'll end up going through a lot of different designers, whether it's difficulty in communication or whether it is unclear expectations. Um, I remember when I was originally a student, we didn't have design studio. So I was looking for designers myself and I was using Fiverr. And you, you still have to weed through a lot of them because they're, you don't know who is going to do the type of work that not only do you want done, but that InventRight expects. So the fact that we already have our design studio and they know exactly the material and what it needs to look like um, is fantastic. So, and then you ended up, you mentioned I, we were, when we were talking before that you taught yourself Photoshop. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was one of the benefits of starting inventoring. I tried to do all my own marketing material, which I know now was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I learned Photoshop in the process. So I use that a lot now if I need to do a little tweaks on stuff. Okay. Yes. So that's definitely helped you. Would you recommend that other people learn Photoshop too or <laughs> not necessarily? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Cause I, there are little things like uh, tweaks, like color that you want to change, just move things around a little bit. But I mean, it is kind of pricey to buy. So uh -huh. I don't, I would want to say yes, I recommend it for sure, but you definitely don't need it, I don't think, if you're going okay. to design studio. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, okay, so first product that you licensed, what was it? It was a toilet paper product that unravels. <laughs> and did you come up with this during the time when, like, everything with COVID was starting? Or was it before? Did it just so happen that this idea that you were had in mind and that you were pitching just so happens during the time when everyone's on a frantic craze to buy loads of toilet paper? Or was it like, oh, people are wanting toilet paper. I'm going to make a toilet paper pet toy product. Yeah, it just happened to coincide. It was a coincidence because I came up with the initial idea probably like a year before, but I hadn't done anything with it. Yeah. And then uh, before I went to a trade show before everything shut down, it was the last pet one, Global Pet Expo. Yes. And I had just got the virtual prototype made through Design Studio. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm going to go find some plush companies that I want to pitch to. So I had that made. I just, <laughs> so it was the end of February. Okay. I went up to my company and I asked them, like, hey, do you guys accept outside product submissions? He said, no, not usually, but I'll take a look. So... And then two weeks after the trade show, I sent him an email. He said, oh, this looks interesting. The toilet paper crisis hasn't happened yet. He said, this looks interesting. Okay. I'll uh, show it to my team and see what they think. So then I looked at the dates. I don't know why I let it go so long before following up. 
I reached out March 10th. I didn't follow up till April 27th. And That's when I did, know. I know, That's I know. That's a no, Aaron, in our book, <laughs> by the way. Um, there was a lot of things going on. There was a whole, everything was shutting I down. I want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Global pandemic. Come on. Yeah. Now. Okay. Fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everything was. I'll give down, you one so out. Like... <laughs> I'll give you that one out. Okay. The pandemic is the only out you get. There but you yeah. So, well, it's interesting because a lot of um, I think a lot of our students at this time also everyone was just kind of not knowing what was going to be happening or going yeah, on exactly. as far as companies manufacturing um, production licensing and so um you know so yeah we had one of our students that was working on a toy product i believe and everything was kind of going on at the same time almost very similar to reached out you know had interest the pandemic started you know things didn't hear back didn't follow up until mm -hmm. you know a little bit later on but they were still interested so you had met them at the trade show in February and that was probably one of the last trade shows we had for the year and before things shut down and then the company's like no we don't typically accept ideas but just you know send it to us anyway so that's also an opportunity that um something that different that's different um and then you followed up later with them is that right yes so when you followed up later with them in April, at the end of April, what was the response? You said, uh, well, it's definitely interesting considering what's going on with everyone hoarding toilet paper. And he said, how would you like to move forward? And I was like, well, all right. And then it just went from there. When he asked you that, did you get on a call with Ryan? Did you, or what did you do? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think I emailed him. Yeah, we did set up a call. And I set up the call with the licensee. I'm trying to remember specifically. But yeah, mm -hmm. everything went super fast after that. Yeah. Did you work with Paul on negotiations for your contract? Yes. He was yeah. amazing too. Yes. So now you've also had, so you've had the opportunity of working with Ryan to be coached through the process. And then Paul also for contract negotiations. The other, and I know that you've licensed also a second product too mm -hmm. in the pet industry. Yeah. Now, did you feel more confident working on this second product and going through things than you did the first couple of times with your first product? With that one, um, I had actually submitted the second product around the same time. Okay. But the second product, probably from start to finish it's going to be about a year and a half okay from start to finish uh -huh. so it was kind of around the same times and because i licensed my first product and had been through it i was definitely more attuned to what was going on and when i had the coaching call with paul again i since i had that under my belt i was like all right i think i could do this again yeah yeah so now as you continue working on other ideas and other projects, do you feel a lot more confident and like you understand terms of a contract or how to actually negotiate a deal and, um, and, then be, and be able to rely on the experience that you had with these 
to other products to continue working on other ideas as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I typed pretty fast. So when I was on the call with Paul, I just typed out every single little thing that he said. And I just always refer back to it if I need it. I'm like, nice. so much amazing stuff that he said. I was just like, wow. Yeah, yes. And that's something that just their vast experience uh, with working with so many product developers and inventors all across different all across different categories and industries, all different types of products, all the different contracts we've seen, all the different negotiations that he's done. It is, um, it's pretty incredible. So I'm glad that you were able to work with him and uh, get your products licensed. I think that's super, super exciting. So what would you say? Okay, so let's say that and you've, there's, somebody new that's reaching out to you or that, you know, if you were to give three pieces or three keys of advice to licensing, what would you encourage inventors or product developers to do? What would you tell them? Like uh, when someone reaches out to me on LinkedIn, I'll just first thing definitely to read Steven's book because I know that will be able to explain anything better than I ever could. That's where <laughs> yeah. I started. Yes, read the book exactly. The yeah, I almost feel like it's a prereq, like definitely. maybe like it's a prereq to just this whole world of licensing or even before starting the programs. Um, go read the book first. That's a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. Send me the receipt so <laughs> I can check mark that you've read it. So you have just this level of understanding the big picture of what licensing is. So um, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, because it just it verbalizes everything. Like I wouldn't be able to put it so concisely as it does. Mm-hmm. So I just make sure they do that first. And then... Another thing I would say is definitely get a mentor. Like, I would always heard from Shark Tanks the people to, like, get a mentor. And I always just thought it had to be, like, somebody you know, somebody who's... I never realized that a mentor could just be someone that you also pay for. It's yes. like investing in yourself. Yes. And I didn't realize that with the... I tried to get a free mentor for free on, like, some small business website before. Uh-huh. But nobody really knows what licensing is, really. Yeah, that's very, very true. So, I mean, mentorship and call it what it may back in the day was called apprenticeship and now it's called mentoring and coaching, but it's the same concept. Mm -hmm. So you're essentially working under somebody or working with somebody on the trade or the craft or the skill that you in essence want to hone. So, um, there aren't a lot of individuals that can truly mentor or coach within the licensing scope of practice and business model. Um, our, unfortunately, our education system doesn't teach it. So even individuals that go to their teachers, let's say, uh, or business leaders or professors um, to ask about licensing probably don't have very much or very little or have, might have very little information on the actual process. Um, and then just going into your local community. So finding a free mentor, small business administration, local score chapter, same thing. It's a lot of individuals that may have 
started their own companies and started their own businesses and you know but don't really know have much knowledge nor experience in licensing so you know uh total shameless plug that's why invent right is the number one resource with coaching and mentoring inventors because you, you just don't find a lot of nor can you find a lot of individuals that are so specific and in tune with the licensing business model so um yeah i, I also agree mentoring is important yeah like a someone a gentleman named Greg Reed, he said, like, if you're going to try to climb Mount Everest, you're going to hire a Sherpa because they've done it before. You're going to step where they've stepped. You're going to do everything that they've done because they know what they're doing. So it's basically the same concept. Yes, absolutely. Very much the same concept. I agree. And then anything else? I always like when Steven would say, look at it like it's a game. Yeah. Just the whole licensing thing. I just try to have fun with it. Uh -huh. Try to... To be like, all right, let's see if I win today. Let's see uh, what's going on. Let's see if I can get into this company. Just things like that. Just have fun with it. Yeah. Like I, I do. I do believe. I, I agree with you. I think a lot of individuals are very serious, like maybe coming into it a little bit too serious sometimes. And it might be in the individuals that have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars already. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd, pretty, I'd be pretty serious if I was at that point too. But, um, but yeah, having fun with the process as much as possible, because if it turns into something that you don't want it to be, or it turns it is something that you're not enjoying, or it turns into something that's like causing you uh, stress and anxiety, you don't want it to be that way. Mm -hmm, and yeah. so uh, I like that. And we, I don't think anyone's actually said that on any of our my interviews. Look at it like a game. So I like that a lot. Look at it like a game. I got Makes that from Stephen, though, so I'm not taking credit for it. <laughs> okay. Well, I will, I'll quote Stephen on yes, that one. I will quote Stephen on that one. Look at it like a game. Awesome. Stephen is amazing. I'm, I'm so amazed by everything that they've done. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you being a student of ours and being open to accepting you know feedback and direction and working with our coaches and our team and our design studio and believing and trusting in the process most most importantly um, i know that a lot of individuals and a lot of inventors focus more on the product and then the end result but what the what they're missing a lot is everything that happens in between the, which is the actual process because you can't get to the end result, which is a licensing agreement and seeing your product on the market with when you're only focusing and completely emotionally tied into the product in and of itself. But you have to be open and willing to experience and trust the process. Um, and that's, and it's like that with anything in life, I would imagine. We're so, um, so we thank you for being a student of ours. We expect to hear, to continue to have and hear more news and share more products that you will be licensing as well in the future. So, um, so with that, I wanna thank you for being our guest today and uh, wish you all the best in your future licensing endeavors as well. Thanks for having me, have a good one. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Key to Licensing One Simple Idea, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can also check out our YouTube shows, VentRite TV, with Stephen Key and Andrew Kraus. Join me next week for another interview. Thank you for listening and keep inventing. Mm-hmm.